You may have noticed that some lawyers are often quoted in the press. They might have a practice that naturally garners attention, or perhaps they're great at explaining complex issues succinctly and have a good camera presence. Or it could just be they're known for returning phone calls and emails in a timely manner. How can you provide reporters with useful information in a way that also promotes you and your clients in a positive life? I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, we're discussing how lawyers can best approach the media when they'd like some press. Joining me is Vivia Chen, a senior columnist with American Lawyer. Vivia is the creator and chief blogger of The Careerist. Welcome to the show, Vivia. Thank you, Stephanie. Yes. Um, do you think, is there an art for lawyers who are good at sharing information in a way that's useful to the media while also promoting themselves? Well, I think it is important to think of it as a two-way street. You know, you have to think in terms of what you're trying to achieve for yourself or your client, but also what you can do for the reporter. I mean, the reporter's always after a good story, something that's going to land her on the map. So you have to keep that in mind. It's not just about, you know, what you can say about your client to highlight your client's achievements, but also what does that add to the reporter's portfolio, you know, her body of work? And do you think that if you have useful information that automatically would promote yourself and your firm? You know, when you're speaking with someone who always says, well, at my firm, we always do the best. They give you this feel about their firm. Um, that might be what they are instructed to do, but my sense is it's really not useful. And if you can tell us something that's useful to us that we're interested in and is helpful, then we're probably going to think of your firm in a positive light. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you have to say something that's a little more revealing than the fact that, you know, our firm has the best antitrust department in the city. You have to say, you know, what makes it stand out? What makes it special? Is it, you know, a certain personality that's there or is it some kind of, you know, uh, unusual expertise within that expertise that make it stand out? Otherwise, you know, uh, especially if you're looking at the landscape of large firms, they really do tend to blend together. Mm -hmm. And what you just said in terms of making yourself stand out, do you think that most lawyers who are savvy to get calls, do they understand that? Or is it something that's kind of rare to find someone who really gets that and is good at it? Well, I think there's a sort of a gap there. You know, I mean, I guess lawyers these days are told they have to stand out, right? That, you know, it's so competitive out there, you have to push yourself out there and and just make a name for yourself. But at the same time, they're a little clumsy at it because they're not sure how to do it properly. And I think sometimes they make the mistake of hiring a, uh, a PR firm to help them promote them when that PR firm may not necessarily understand the, the intricacy of practice, nor do they understand how the press works, especially those who are in the legal field, who are really much more knowledgeable than they might be for the general public. Uh, so I think it's really a matter of being a informed, uh, informed consumer, you know, an, an informed promoter. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of firms, I think, are lagging behind. Hmm. Very interesting. And do you think overall most um, of the PR strategy and the profession, is it more about getting attention 
for someone, either if it's a, an attorney at your firm or a client, or is it about shaping the public's viewpoint about a client or a situation? I think that really depends on the organization. From what I've seen, law firms tend to promote individuals or practice groups, while advocacy groups tend to promote causes. Now, that said, I think law firms and lawyers could be a little bit more proactive in advocating for their point of view, especially if they have a controversial client or a controversial case. But I think law firms tend to be conservative, so when there's you know, something that's controversial, they tend to shy away and, 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 and try and really just stay below the radar. Okay. And say that you do want some press. What are some just really clever ways you've seen lawyers go about getting media attention? Well, some lawyers are just naturally better at it than others. I and mean, some people just have uh-huh. big personalities, you know, and, and they... And they're just natural, whether you're interviewing them on the phone or whether they're in front of a camera or if you're, even if you're submitting a, a question to them via email. Uh, and those are the, you know, the big personality types. Uh, and, and not everybody can aspire to be that. So for those who, for those who are, you know, your ordinary, um, let's say, law firm lawyer who, you know, tends to be much more introverted, a little less press savvy. I guess the best way is, you know, to certainly to be good at what you're doing and to gradually uh, make a name for yourself uh, as an expert in a certain field. You know, you can weigh in on things. You can volunteer to speak about certain subjects. Now, how are you going to approach that is, is really, it takes time. That's all I can say. Uh, it's not, you're not going to get on my radar, anybody's radar instantly. It takes time. It takes a bit of cultivation. Uh, you know, I guess lawyers who do some writing tend to get, grab my attention occasionally, you know, not so much in the legal press. Uh, but if they do some writing, say, for, you know, HuffPo or do some editorials and so forth, I do notice that. Right, right. And do you think, I was thinking about how people in our profession, how we look for stories. Do you think that we're using things like Twitter more often now than the email or letter pitches that come to us? Absolutely. I love Twitter because it's really short. <laughs> Right. You know, if you can if you can express something in Twitter, uh, and I and I've gotten great story ideas from Twitter, I have to say, and you know, sometimes it just hits you. You know, if you if you express it in a way that somehow encapsulates what the essence of whatever you're trying to say, then I'll go with it. It's funny because when I heard this story last week about how Twitter was considering expanding. Um, the character numbers, my first thought was, well, crud. That means there's going to be so much more self-promotion on it and just garbage. It's going to become like LinkedIn. It's just stuff that I have to, it'll take me longer to scroll through. I absolutely <laughs> with, with agree. With people having more words. 
Um, well, I would say this, you know, if you, if you do, if you send something out via Twitter and it doesn't take the first time, try again, reword it. Right, right. Um, and let's go back to the pitches. We talked a little bit about what a good pitch would be. What kind of pitch would just, you would just exit out of your inbox right away? What's, what's a real turnoff for you in pitches? Long pitches. Mm-hmm. Long, dense pitches. Uh, and I get these every day, you know, where it seems to go on and on in singles, tight single space emails, uh, which really don't get to the point. Uh, or, it, now that's the form, as far as the substance is concerned. Anything that has to do with, you know, some somebody winning an award, somebody being, you know, recognized or celebrated, those I tend to, my eyes kind of glaze over them because it really has very little news value that somebody might be getting the Lawyer of the Year Award from Chattanooga County or Canandaigua County or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, I'm sure you probably get these too, We'll get something in our inboxes, and that'll be from a law firm marketing person. They say, you know, we have so-and-so. He just joined the firm. He's a wonderful IP lawyer. Would you like to discuss with him IP developments? (laughs) Would you like to write about him? And I don't fault the person who wrote the email because I suspect he or she was doing what the lawyers told them to do. But sometimes I read these and I think, who besides your mom would be interested in this? I mean, what does it? And how could we? Do you have thoughts on how could you turn that around so maybe you could meet the ultimate goal and get some writing about this person you've been told to send a news release out? Well, I think it's pretty tough to be honest with you. That those things seldom, seldom work. I mean, the only time it might work is if the if the timing is right. You know, news as and everything else is all about timing. If you happen to get somebody who's an you know expert in some area of white collar crime, for instance, and there happens to be a case uh, that's out there, and you're desperate, you, know, you need to write about it, and you're desperate for commentary immediately, then you know that's when the stars are aligned and that works out. But I would not count on it. But I think it's fine. You know, tell me what's going on. I don't mind it. I'll probably ignore it, but I don't mind it. Okay. Um, what are some things? Can you think of some examples over the years of something in a press release that just really got your attention? Absolutely. Um, anything with statistics, charts, numbers, something that appears more substantive will get my attention. And if you're doing that, and at the same time you're telling me it's an exclusive for me because that's an area I cover and you know what I cover, then you're golden. I see. And we talked about Twitter a bit. Have you seen some other ways that uh, the, the profession has used social media to get our attention in a really clever way? To be perfectly honest, no. Oh, <laughs> and interesting. The reason, well, the reason is because I think lawyers are pretty bad at social media. Uh, they're, they're shy about it. They're not informed about it. They're conservative about the whole idea. And the second reason is because law is not a particularly visual medium. And a lot of what works in social media has to do with, you know, a striking image, a funny image. And law just doesn't really lend itself to that. Mm-hmm. 
what's more efficient for you? If you're setting up an interview with someone, would you rather deal with the subject directly or do you think it's easier to work with their PR person to set things up? Well, sometimes it's more efficient to work through a PR person because they're very good at logistics. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just to set up things or if there's a cancellation, they're much more reliable than a lawyer who gets caught up in his work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and besides having useful information to share with you, what are some things that a lawyer could do that makes you think of him or her the next time you need someone in that person's practice area? Well, I would say the best way to keep yourself on our radar screen is to engage us. Um, truth is, Lawyers, I mean, I'm sorry, reporters love feedback. We really want to hear from our readers, uh, especially those we write about. And so even if the feedback is negative, I'm really receptive to hearing back as to you know, what you think about what I've written. So, so I would say, you know, keep, keep us engaged. Um, if you like something, tell me why you like it. If you disagree with something I've written, tell me why you disagree with it. And that way you'll really make a much deeper impression on me as somebody who knows what they're talking about. Interesting. On the other hand, can you think of some things over the years that after you interviewed with someone you thought, gosh, I am never calling him again if I can possibly avoid it? <laughs> Oh, I have a long list of people in <laughs> that category. <laughs> the, thing is, the longer you do it, you and, forget who's on the list. You're like, do I like him or not? <laughs> you know, it's it's not. I I don't even mind engaging with people I disagree with or or maybe not even like. That's fine. But the people I have hard time with having an ongoing relationship with are people who are just come off immediately as being suspicious of the pressed. Uh, and that's happened to me a number of times. You know, you know, people are aware of some of the things I cover, and I tend to cover a lot about issues concerning women or diversity and, and sometimes, you know, lifestyle issues and so forth. And every now and then I'll be covering a story, let's say, about, you know, the number of women equity partners at a law firm, and I'll call up a managing partner uh, about it. And sometimes a partner will, the first thing out of his mouth, and it's usually a he, uh, and he'll say something like, I know what your agenda is. Uh, and, you know, they immediately, they go on the offensive, uh, on the defensive, rather, and I'm on the defensive, and it just creates a really bad starting point. Uh, it, it's usually goes downhill from there. Uh, and the other type of uh, lawyer who is a turnoff are people who tell you that everything is off the record. You know, if everything is off the record, it's really pretty useless for me. And sometimes people will want things off the record, which seem incredibly harmless. You know, it would be statistical information like how many male versus female partners they have. Uh, and, and when somebody s- starts on that kind of footing, you realize they really don't understand how I operate. They don't understand what I need to write a story. And it just creates this really unnecessarily tension-filled relationship. 
I see. Well, and in terms of how you do your work, how would you? What, do you have just some ground rules for what's off the record and what's on, and how they set it up? What's your advice if you if somebody wanted to tell you something what's off the record? I guess your first piece of advice would say don't, but <laughs> say it was important to them. What I mean, what would you? How should they go about doing it? You know, I always say people can tell me when they're on the record, when they're off the record. They can go off and on. That's fine. And if they're on background, that's fine, too. But usually the understanding is is if I'm starting an interview, everything is on the record. Mm-hmm. And what does your publication, are there rules about unnamed sources? Can you use them? Because I find when someone says they want to be off the record and you say, can I use it without your name, they'll say yes. But not all publications allow for that. We tend to shy away from that. However, you know, there are always exceptions to that rule. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes the subject matter is just too sensitive, and that's understandable. Uh, So we will allow some non-attributed quotes. I see. And going back to what you said about if you call someone and they say, what's your agenda, have you found in your experience that When a source does seem really defensive or argumentative, perhaps he or she is concerned you're going to find something out about them that they don't want you to know. That can be a sign. That's like kind of a weakness to a certain extent in showing your cards. Would you agree? Absolutely. In fact, sometimes I'm not even sure they intend it that way. I mean, sometimes I don't think they have anything to hide, but (laughs) but just being so defensive at the beginning, it makes me feel like, oh, my gosh, there must be something more to this. Uh, and you know, and lawyers are just a little bit, I guess, by training, they're they're a little bit paranoid. Well, um, they are really nervous sometimes. It seems like, and perhaps as reporters, we forget that they're nervous about speaking to us if they don't do it a lot. Would you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and, and sometimes they like to hide behind the skirts of their PR people, which to me does not help their credibility. I mean, I've had instances where I've interview some very high power, well-known lawyer, and they will insist on having their PR person there. Uh, and to me, it just sort of diminishes their, their stature and their credibility. Oh, interesting. Well, what do you think about when uh, the source wants the PR person to sit in on the interview? Do you mind? You know, I find it mildly annoying. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at this point at tuning them off. I mean, but it they are kind of like having a chaperone on a date. <laughs> you, you know, you're supposed to have, you're supposed to get to know the person you're talking to. You're supposed to develop this, you know, relationship and, and maybe hit some points of uh, intimacy, but instead you have this third wheel in the room. Um, now, sometimes they, sometimes a PR person will interject herself and sometimes they won't. Uh, generally, I think it's, you know, if you must be there, you know, be seen, but don't be heard. That would be my rule. Um, as I said, I find it mildly annoying. I've been pretty good at tuning it out, but I know some reporters won't allow it at all. And frequently editors will tell us we should not have a third person there. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I, I think these days, though, you know, lawyers like celebrities are got, have gotten used to this idea of, you know, having a PR person. They, they do rec- 
re- regard them as a crutch of some sort. It's like a psychological crutch. Uh, that, you know, most of us, I think, you know, we're willing to put up with it to a certain extent. And I found that the PR person sometimes actually can be useful, too, in that if there's something that needs a follow-up, the PR person will get back to me on it, or there's a verification of some kind of fact uh, that I'm discussing during an interview, the PR person can get back to me. So, you know, I've sort of learned to use them as a, as a uh, third source of information. Right. I think that's a really good point. Do you think do you think lawyers consider being quoted or going on TV and cultivating relationships with the media? Do they see that as business development? Absolutely. I think that's the era we live in, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody wants to be uh, a celebrity of some sort. You want to be a brand name. Yes, that's absolutely true. That's the aspiration. Right. Um, all right. Well, I think that's everything I wanted to ask you today. Did you want to add anything else? I think that's basically it. I mean, I, w- I would encourage people, you know, if they want to be quoted, if they want to have some kind of public profile, that they have to, you know, try to relax a little bit, try to talk freely be willing to be a little provocative, show a little skin, uh, because otherwise you're just another lawyer amongst the sea of other lawyers that we see all the time. Right. Vivia, that's everything I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward. Thank you for listening to the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered.